Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. World class. Jim Crockett Promotions. Big time wrestling. Mid-South. $2 Late Fee presents Territory Marks with Paul London and Zach Schaefer. The show that celebrates matches from the glory days of professional wrestling. From one man who lives it and another man who loves it. still have that song i want to live that way I do too. forever it's in my head i sing it all the time yeah it gets stuck in my head the band is the lovers but it's spelled l-v-v-r-s uh, i actually put it at the beginning of this episode their version of live that way forever that was the band in the iron claw movie okay i thought so i wasn't sure but if i figured they might as well just use the band who's recording this because it's good. It's an original song, isn't it? Because I saw something that was like cover of something and I was like, huh? So they covered Richard Reed Perry's song. Richard Reed Perry is from Arcade Fire. He And he also, he did the score for the Iron Claw. Okay, that makes total sense. I'm not an Arcade Fire. I'm just not familiar with them. I'm not saying I'm not a fan. I'm just not familiar with them. I've heard of them. So that's cool. Is he, is he, does he appear in the movie? I can't remember. I don't think he does, but obviously he did the score, which I think is phenomenal, courtesy of A24 again. I'm going to shout them out a few times in this episode. They provided us with the soundtrack to use to promote our interview with Sean Durkin. So you'll hear clips from the score from the Iron Claw. Before I go any further, you're probably wondering, wait, what are Paul and Zach doing on the $2 late fee feed, Territory Marks feed again in January? Well. This is a bonus episode. We couldn't get enough of each other, guys. We just we just That's had to right. get together and record some stuff for you. You got nice, shiny foreheads, and we're putting the iron claw on your dome, and you ain't going nowhere. So you're going to get more Von Erichs than you bargained for. We wrapped up the Von Erichs uh, in January, but both of us were like, but there's something more that we can do. Something like a little bit outside the box. Agreed. I'm going to shout out L.A. Wrestle Chick, who is a super cool person. Uh, you can follow her on Instagram. She comes to the Compton Mania shows all the time. She used yeah. to bring a megaphone. And I told her she'd be like 
bad mouthing you and all the heels. Yeah. And I said, you got to bedazzle that thing. You should, you could become the mouth of Compton South, LA wrestle chick. Mouth of Compton South. I like that. <laughs> so she, she, uh, she saw that we did a tribute to the Von Erichs and she's like, you got to do one on David Von Erich. And I said, don't worry, we'll do something for David Von Erich. Yeah. A little while back, really quick, Paul sent me a clip of David Von Erich healing it up. And I was like blown away. I think we even, we touched upon it very briefly in our previous episode that David would make a great heel. Well, he was a heel for a cup of coffee in Florida Championship, right, Paul? Yes, that's right. That's right. Uh, I'd like to think that he went down there at the suggestion of the Funks, uh, because in the match that we witnessed that we'll talk a little bit about here in a bit. He's teaming with them. And it's it's equally as interesting to me to see Dory as a heel. Yeah. Because having known him so well, he's one of the most soft-spoken, gentle, polite, you know, just Texas manners through and through. And he's just a really uh, kind soul. So it's it's funny to see him as a heel, a little bit of a chicken shit heel, but those are the best kind, you know, in my opinion. Um, but David must have been, I mean, when he started, he, that must have been pretty early at his, to start his career. Yeah. So, so really quickly, our focus is going to be on David Von Erich in this episode, but we got some fun other Von Erich stuff at the end. Oh, yeah. The rest of the gang. Yeah. David started his career in 1977. And in 77, he wrestled a 30 minute draw match with Harley Race. Wow. <laughs> Shows wow. you how kind of early he was being groomed for what he you know later became in his career and in 1981 he was at the age of 23 that's when he traveled down to florida or over to florida i guess yeah you know kind of sounds to me like at the request of his dad to kind of season him up a little bit yeah and he came in to florida as a heel and he's he had a really quick squash match on championship wrestling from florida um and after the match he cuts a promo about why he's coming down to florida with a with a female interviewer right. and it's a great little promo because he, he's kind of talking about well I, you know i'll play the clip welcome to florida well thank you very much you're a very lovely young lady thank you what do you look forward to now that you're in florida i look forward to beating dusty Rhodes. i look forward to beating all these ex champions that are around here Everyone here is an ex. The Von Erichs, as you may well know, are the greatest wrestling family in the world. I'm out here to prove that. I'll win a match any way, any time, any way, shape, or form. I don't care. I will come out on top. One thing, a lot of beautiful ladies here in Florida, but I didn't see no menace with a dog. Thanks for that. He starts bad-mouthing Dusty Rhodes. He's talking about how, you know... He- the, these old washed up guys basically and then he's right. this new guy and you think this was in 1981 they were yeah. talking about dusty Rhodes being washed up that's crazy he yeah. wrestles another 30 20 years after that you know well i mean he was looked at as a figurehead of probably not just his territory but a couple and so you know i would think there's a lot of you know my dad could beat up your dad type stuff too when you're under the umbrella of fritz did you say my dad can beat your dad as in the Chris Von Erich song, My Dad Can Beat Your Dad? 
Is it a Chris Runner? It is a song. Is it? Did he write that? I'm sure Fritz wrote it for him. I mean, who knows? <laughs> Fritz seems to be, you know, the mastermind behind everything, whether you like it or not. Right, right. I mean, I'm going to play I, it again yeah. for everybody just in case you're wondering. Here you go. It's my it? dad can beat your dad. <laughs> oh, that's good. It's not easy for a boy like me to get along, though I was always taught to take care of myself. But when some big old bully starts in pushing me around, I sometimes have to have a little help. And I'll say, my dad can whip your dad. My dad can whip your dad. But my dad is a nice guy and hardly ever loses his coat. But I'm just a young lad, so if you think you're so bad, my dad can whip your dad and your whole family too. Oh, man. It's still such a shame that Chris wasn't involved in that movie, like they didn't put him in there. It just doesn't make any sense to me still. We've said this before, and I'll say it again. This movie, The Iron Claw, has brought so much attention to professional wrestling in the 80s, territory wrestling, and it's given it so much more exposure, which is great. I think, if anything, that's the, the best thing that can come out of this. We know the tragedies already. There's plenty of footage, uh, news footage from back then, what happened, factual stuff, factual yeah. evidence. So someone made a really good comment uh, on a post I saw in regards to the Iron Claw. If they had only put a disclaimer at the beginning of the movie saying, you know, these events are fictionalized, but based on a true story, that right. would have I think cleared up a lot of controversy when it comes to this film because so I many agree. people are like, you didn't do that. You just... That's all good. You know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is based on actual events, but it didn't no, it's real. go down that way. <laughs> real. So, you know that TV show Fargo, the, the yeah. TV series Fargo? Yeah. They open it up saying this is a true story. Do they really altered for protection or whatever to protect or whatever? No, they they say everything that happened is based on fact or something like that. And then I looked into it and I'm like, this new season is wild, by the way, with Juno Temple from um, Ted Lasso. Yeah. And uh, and then the guy from uh, Mad Men, John Hamm, is in it as well. And he's so good. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Jason Lee as well. They open with this as a true story, right? So I'm looking into it. And I'm like, this has got to be what part of this is true? Some of this has to be fictionalized. No, all of it's fictionalized. And the creator or the showrunner is like, it's satire. We're just making a joke. And I'm like, yeah, Damn. but. That's messed up. Yeah, that's false advertising. It's false advertising. Majorly false advertising. Well, I mean, I've said it once before, and I'll say it again. The Von Erich story should have been done in a series. I just think it's it's better fit for a series. But you think it's too late for that? You think it could happen? I think you and I could do it. I think you and I should do it. I mean, look at how many Supermans have been out there. You know, and so what's to say we couldn't do a our own take on. On the Von Eric tale, and you know, especially if you treated it with like um, the seriousness of, say, like a Yellowstone or something like that, you know what I mean? Um, that would Ooh, be yeah. You're hitting a nail on the head right there. I mean, that would be a solid series, you know. And you could really let the characters breathe. You could really let the the situations breathe. You could pay the rightful respects to to all the brothers, you know, not just right. Jack Jr., who's featured briefly, but Chris, you know, as well, mainly, you know, just 
because of his omission, but. And not just have a hybrid. Right, right. Yeah. Really just let them all breathe. I mean, you could, a whole episode could, could lead up to that moment that Chris tackles Gino, you know, like, you know, it was just, I mean, there's so many things that you could do that I just, it, it, it lends itself to a series uh, better than anything. So, or an episodic, you know. I totally agree with you. And if, if that does ever happen, they have to show this period of David Von Erich's life when he I was agree. a heel in Florida. It, it was it was maybe a, uh, maybe a year he was down in Florida from 81 to 82. At one point, he was managed by J.J. Dillon. Uh, and that's where he yeah. met. He met Jimmy Garvin. J.J. Dillon, by the way, if you go, I'll put some of the clips in the um, show notes, but J.J. Dillon looks like Colonel Sanders. It's amazing. (laughs) And you look at J.J. from 1981, you're like, this guy is gold. Like Uh, he he says two things, I think. He he cuts the shortest promo with David, but you can tell it's like David is the wrestler. J.J. is the manager, and he's so good at it. It's also where David met Jimmy Garvin. Obviously, it brought him into world class with that as well. Jimmy Garvin had a mustache in this at one point. It looks very different. Yeah. That's pretty cool, you know, to see that they met there and then would go on later and have their big feud. And obviously, we covered the the wild nature of their... Uh, valet for a day stuff and classic stuff. Yeah, it's it's great. I mean, that's that's really the the essence of a of a wrestler. Really, is you you make connections and you meet people and you you make friends and <clears throat> you don't make friends. I mean, that's kind of the beauty of territory traveling. Is you know, it's I I would never compare anything that I've done to a soldier or war or anything, but just with a lot of the physical and emotional kind of um, brutality that and that a lot of us go through in wrestling. It is one of those things where you might see somebody and you hadn't seen them for years. And you're like, Oh my God, like you're still in it. You know, it's like, you're still alive. Like they didn't get you yet, you know? And so that's pretty neat uh, to know that they met in Florida and then would later on, you know, just continue that friendship as they built it. Cause you would think, you know, now watching back the the valet for a day promo and stuff like that, it's um, they had to they had to have been getting such a laugh out of that. But, oh yeah, but it it only really works because they were, you know, if they like really hated each other, there would be so much headbutting and friction that it just seems like a lot of that wouldn't have even been able to get made. You know, right. but it's I think that's one of the things that's so wonderful about Jimmy Garvin and how underrated he is, just that. You know, the best heels know how and when to make themselves look foolish, you know, and they know that that's really that's giving the people what they really want to get their comeuppance. And they're they're constantly mining ideas to to find ways to make themselves look foolish and, you know, to get their comeuppance, as it, you know, as it is. But yeah. But isn't that the trick of like, if you're too cool as a heel. And I'll just for territory's sake, I'll reference uh, Barry Windham when he joined the Horsemen. He was a badass heel, mm-hmm. but he, there was a it was a very fine line that he rode because he would have maybe been a little too over if he was legit tough guy the whole time. You know, yeah. he had to go a little wimpy. He had to go a little like you know run off with Tully or whatever, so he didn't right. get cheesed out. You know, a heel is an opportunist. That's really the the most straightforward way of defining a heel. It's an opportunist. 
So you have various shades of heels. Um, and that's one of the things that, you know, bringing it back to David that I thought was very interesting was when you see any of the Von Erichs, uh doing heel stuff, which seemed to often be when they would leave their home territory, uh, because there would usually be a hero, whether it be a Lawler, there would already be an established babyface of that territory. So then they would right. come in having all this fanfare um, and they would not that they would have to start over. People would either be aware of their reputation and be fans of theirs, or they would be brought in designed to be a heel. Uh, and I think that's, you know, that's, that's kind of the case here because I think any wrestler who really loves the craft of what they're doing is going to relish an opportunity to, at some point in their career, be a heel and a face, you know, you really want to know both sides of it to, it, it makes you a better worker, but Oftentimes, the heels were the veterans because they needed to lead the match. And it's hard to to lead a match from underneath. So traditionally, the heels were the veterans because they, they've been there, done that, and they're, they're leading the, the young greenhorn through the match and seeing what they're made out of and testing them. And, but now it's really kind of flipped where – guys can't get over because they're reliant on video game wrestling, which doesn't make any sense. They don't sell anything. (laughs) And um, no, but seriously. And so then they become heels because traditionally you think, well, not traditionally, but you think, Oh, well, it's easier to get people to hate you than it is to get them to love you. Um, Right. Which brings us to a lot of cheap heat. I'm going to run down your sports team. I'm going to run down your city. I'm going to run down your state. I'm going to run down all these things. Your women. I mean, that's what David does in his promo. He talks about the beautiful women in Florida, but all the men who are, you know. Yeah. And as pretty as those girls might be, they're nothing compared to the girls in Texas. I'll tell you that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. (laughs) So there's there's instant there's already a a built-in heel side to most any of us actually that are from texas to be honest with you because all it takes is just a little bit of uh is braggadocio right i mean just sure um, you know just hey i'm from texas like where are you from maine like what do you have to be proud of lobsters like (laughs) you know what i mean like where are you from delaware i can't where the hell is delaware west virginia you know who who gives a you know we're texas we're practically is your mom a mountain mama (laughs) she is we kicked her out she's out the ozarks troll um (laughs) no but you know it's just texas has such a rich history to it well, the attitude is there. That cockiness is there. You're right. It, there's a level of cockiness. David yeah. has a built-in level. And, and we talked about this in the last episode. David has a built-in cockiness that came across as like, like a brother, right? Mm-hmm. But then if you move that over a few states, it suddenly becomes a jerk. And no yeah. longer the brother, you're now the bully. And... He's six foot seven, like he towers over people. Yeah. At one point, he's facing Mike Graham. They're they're having a promo as he's wrapping up his tenure. I'm jumping a little bit ahead, but as he's wrapping up his tenure in tenure, as he's wrapping up his year in Florida, (laughs) as he's wrapping up his uh, ten years with, uh, so he cuts a promo with Mike. Residency, right? (laughs) At this point, you know, uh, he 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 was healing it up with Dory, but then. 
you know, Dory and Terry Funk take uh, basically beat him down. Barry Windham and Mike Graham come in to kind of save the day. Uh, the Funk brothers putting the boots to it. And again, more punishment on a badly lacerated uh, uh, David Von Erich. And again, it's Terry Funk. Has become known as pretty much of a bushwhacker and uh, Dory Funk Jr. Well, now you see at the outside of the ring Barry Windham and uh, Mike Graham who came down to help Valentino and it was Windham catching a boot in the head uh, by the monks and now you've got uh, Mike Graham and Barry Windham battling it out trying to restore some order and uh, trying to render some assistance to uh, uh, Vinnie Valentino who uh, was being pretty well manhandled by the Funk Brothers as well. David Von Erich, a great, great fighting heart. One has to certainly admit that. Back on his feet and battling away uh, against the Funk Brothers. But now, a strange picture, if you will. Take a look at uh, in that ring and a strange combination of personalities. Uh, David Von Erich, Barry Windham, and Mike Graham. But it is, becomes more and more apparent that the Funk brothers have left the area and uh, David Von Erich suddenly discovering, and I don't think he was aware of who was in the ring, uh, he was just uh, battling to uh, save, uh, save his own skin at the time, but uh, as you can see here, before uh, thousands and thousands of people, a most unusual incident occurred. David Von Erich calling back uh, Mike Graham and Barry Windham, and as I said, Mike Graham told Valentino. But now David Von Erich calling Barry Windham and Mike Graham back to the ring. You can see that the two of them are approaching this one understandably cautiously. And uh, David Von Erich, and here's something that frankly, the years I've been in wrestling, I thought I would never see. And then David calls him back in the ring to apologize basically for his behavior. And he's cutting this promo with Mike Graham. And Mike Graham is literally a f- two feet shorter than he is. He's like at his <laughs> midsection. And I'm like, damn, this guy is huge. And Mike Graham's also not the biggest guy. Um, but it's a moment of like just showing his stature, you know. And yeah. and at one point, he and Barry Windham, you know, being friends, he wrestled Barry Windham at one point in Florida. Like that's two towering dudes right there. So yeah. he has like this being a tall guy has heelish qualities built into it you know if you're not super lanky i mean everything's bigger in texas you know and he's right. uh you said what 23 years old here or 22 he was 23 and then and then also he brought carrie in for a minute um carrie cuts a promo a heelish promo it's, yeah it's got it some it's good yeah it's they're, they're really playing on the arrogance i think of what they because yeah. they all looked good Physically, they're all athletes, and you know they're they're attractive. They have a cosmetic appeal to them that guys will either be behind them as baby faces, or they'll hate them because their girlfriends and wives are all about them. You know? jealous, I mean, right. so, yeah, they're really jealous. And I think the Von Erichs knew how to press those buttons in the right territories, you know. And um, but it's funny in that match that you know that I'm just thinking off the top of my head where he's team with dory that's kind of the end of their uh run by the way because at the end of that that's it kind of when wraps turns. up yeah well it's just it, you know it, it was you can tell that david is the green the 
kind of the greenhorn in the match, but he's he's very much he has yet to really develop and fill out. Not that he ever sadly got the chance to really do that, but in terms of size, this is one of the more you know lankier, skinnier versions of David that you'll see. And definitely, he's still holding his own though. You know, and he's getting quite a whooping when he's getting beat up. There's so there's these moments that I was just laughing hysterically where he goes to tag Dory and Dory just puts his hands up and doesn't want to tag in. <laughs> you know, and then he eventually tags in just very timidly uh, and I goes love in. That. Yeah. It's so funny. It's just so funny for me to see Dory his this chicken shit heel. Well, cause you know, you have a personal connection with Dory Funk Jr. Yeah. Yeah. He was my coach for quite a while. Dory's who helped me. I, I wouldn't say he helped me more than anyone else, but he helped me as much as anyone else. He, and I could say, actually, maybe he did help me more than anyone else because he spent so much extra time with me uh, in the ring. I mean, we're talking hours of just refining a lot of my work and my technique. And a lot of that's top rope stuff that like Dory never even went to the top rope, but he just had no. such his, he has such a mind for, technicality and and the mechanics of things and aerodynamics and i mean you'd be really surprised just his ability to really understand um the way the body moves and where you need to distribute your weight and how you need to drive your knees up higher here and push on your heels here and he's just he's just one of the best coaches and trainers i've, I've ever been blessed to have much less a friend and a mentor um but yeah, I mean, you know, he lives in Florida. Actually, he's in Ocala, so okay. He uh, he he got some roots there. Um, but yeah, just you know, knowing him as a he's just like I said, he's such a kind guy. This so it's just always funny to see him as a heel. Um, the closest I ever saw Surprising. him as a heel. So yeah, the closest I ever saw him as a heel, we were in Georgia. Wrestling for Wildside, NWA Wildside, and okay. me and the late uh, Adam Windsor were the NWA Wildside Tag Team Champions. We went down to Georgia to defend these titles in a rematch, and afterwards, and we did, and afterwards, I remember in this little shack in the woods, there was this hillbilly uh, stirring stuff in like a like an oil drum. And okay. And he was just standing there, and uh, and like I said, Dory is the nicest person. He's always so kind to everybody. And this kind of hillbilly guy like looks at Dory and hands him kind of a bag, like you would for you know popcorn or something. And he hands him this bag. He's like, "Ball of penis or something." And uh, Dory goes, "Ball, bull's penis! Get away from me! Get that shit! Get that away from me!" He shoves his bag out of his face. He's like, "Get that away from me!" And the guy and the guy was at it was boiled peanuts. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, which is like this huge thing in like the South, right? In Florida yeah, yeah. and Georgia, boiled, oh, yeah. boiled peanuts. But Dory thought, fan, that, but yeah, Dory thought that he said bull's penis, that he was boiling like a bull's penis and he tried to feed it to him or something. So Dory's like, get, get that out of my face. Go, go, go. <laughs> like kind of shoved him off. <laughs> I was like, oh man, Dory got hot for a second. <laughs> he got hot for that bull's penis. Yeah, he got hot for a moment, man. He didn't want any of that. So, it's just so entertaining to see him. I mean, Terry has always kind of 
blurred that line between heel and face, except yes. when he would go as like an assassin or a mercenary to go, you know, take out Lawler or, you know, take out, you know, like he would, he was always looked at as very dangerous, but you, you can't help but get behind him also in certain ways, just because of the way that he fought and his pleas, uh, like he would plead really well. Um, but he was also so dangerous, you know, whereas I don't think people looked at Dory as like dangerous and, and violent and mean spirited and nasty, whereas they would look at, ter- at Terry that way, you know. Um, it's kind of similar, wouldn't you say, with the Briscoe brothers uh, talking about Jack sure. and, you know, Jerry. back in the day. Yeah, Jack they, and Jerry, yeah. Kind of similar vibe where one was a little bit more um, brash brash or dynamic on, yeah. on on camera than the other right yeah i agree i mean i'm think we're, i think we're talking about jerry was yes. the more outspoken and yeah i <clears throat> i got along very well with jerry actually um, and david had a little bit of a run-in with jerry as well i think uh, yeah they were in florida Kevin likely would have been the least heelish because it just didn't seem to be in his personality no he has that ricky steamboat vibe to him that mm-hmm. he's always going to be a forever babyface. Um, yeah, there's something about him, about his quality, his mannerisms, everything. He's like too sweet in the eyes, you know. Right, and it's funny because he's the most well-spoken of the brothers, but he also seemed to be one of the weaker ones on the mic in terms of promos, you know. Yeah, he definitely has more of a patriarch vibe when it comes to the family sense. But man, David, like even though David has a tendency to stumble over himself he sure. makes you want to keep watching him well i think the stumbles are good like that's the stuff that's really good okay because okay. it's real you know it's yes. similar to like an acting scene where it's almost sometimes those little mistakes add to it because it, it really True. makes yeah. it real you know because yeah. if you think about it when you're when you're chewing somebody out or you're dogging somebody like you you're so hot and you're angry like you you'll end up calling them a a, a farting tub of butter or like you know you'll just you'll you'll just you're just so angry you're just gonna yell whatever you're just gonna say something and like you might watch it back and be like what the hell did i what was that you know like did i share with you what happened to me <sighs> when i was in high school when we were playing baseball and i got upset with no the kid and, please and- share your heelism your turn your baby face turn I, I like slid into second or something and, and like, and then suddenly this kid and I was clearly safe and the kid's like, you're out, <laughs> you know? And, did he and snicker he, like he, that? Like, yeah, he like did. Skeletor? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the giggle. You royal boob. giggle. He does, like, he was popular. He was playing with his friends that were popular. I wasn't popular. I was an outlier you know i've talked about I this wanna before i want to be popular forever <laughs> and forever and i go you pig <laughs> and, he, and he looks at me and he's like what like i wanted to call him an asshole you know yeah but i'm like you pig and he looks at me and he's like and he goes what <laughs> and i go what and just like walked out because i was so hot i was so yeah. hot yeah, so, yeah. And like that's the good stuff, man. Like I <laughs> Unless try to you call I, a Well, no, call him a pig. I mean, it's better to call him a Egg pig. Egg-sucking dog a... comes across a lot better. I agree. But, you know, here's the thing. When it comes to 
wrestling and performing, um, the last thing you want to do, and this is why I think a lot of guys struggle sometimes with getting to a point where they get, they allow themselves to get angry is because a lot of these free flowing mouths will end up saying something that'll get them canceled. Um, well, David at one point goes a little free flowing and calls yeah. uh, Bubba Douglas a uh, uh, Uncle Tom uh, in a promo that leads <laughs> I mean, to him having a bull rope match with Dusty Rhodes. So, yeah, uh, it's a great <laughs> promo. And of course, Bubba Douglas, known as the unofficial mayor of Lakeland, and uh, uh, nobody challenges David Von Erich at all. Nobody brings a contract out. You're so ignorant, Uncle Tom. That you're going to challenge me and your hometown on a contract? Listen, Bubba, you ain't got enough brains, son. So I'll sign any piece of paper you want the rest of you, punk. Well, I got the contract. Just put your name on it. All right, that's what uh, you mean. Right here is page two of the yeah, Just put it down. Just put it here. All right, right here. There, punk. Now, anytime you got the gut and in your hometown, I'm going to stomp all over your head, Uncle Tom. Well, Mr. Von Eric, I'd like to point out that uh, Bubba Douglas's name does appear on this contract. That's right. He will be the referee for this what? match. Yeah, he's going to be the referee. Uh, you have signed a contract. Wait, wait, he's going to be the referee? Yeah, you've signed a contract. If you'll read right here, as you are going to wrestle the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. No, wait a minute. No, I didn't sign it. No, wait. Well, yeah, you did. And on top of that, uh, paragraph A is that this will be in a Texas bull rope match. So a what? A Texas bull rope match. No, wait a minute. No, wait a minute. Yeah, that's the way it is. So doesn't you... You were in on this the whole time, Gordon. No, I have... Uh, I do. No, no. no. yours, my friend. And uh, I'm terribly sorry. No, We've wait. got a match. We've got a match in no, the ring wait. right now. Let's move on to the ring. Not if we can. She's cutting a promo on Bubba Douglas, who's a refere- NWA referee and wrestler, and he thinks he's going to go into this match with Bubba Douglas. He signs his contract, and Gordon Soley's like, you sign the contract, you put your name on the dotted line, and you have a match with Dusty Rhodes. Uh, and D- David's like, what? I didn't agree to that. And he's like, well, it's too late. You signed your name, blah, 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 blah. That's a good Gordon Soley. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, he calls him, yeah, he's calling Bubba Douglas and Uncle Tom getting ripped. And you're like, dude, kid, you better watch yourself. I mean, if, at the time, yeah, the times, those were acceptable terms, but like people would do something about it too afterwards. You're going to be like, you that boy called me. In a- yeah. I don't, uh. but Dusty was the common man that stood up for the, you know, the everyman kind of deal. So, oh, yeah. He was the Gumby of pro wrestling. In the Gumby of pro wrestling. Um, I just feel that in pro wrestling, it's already so silly. You're already wearing minimal clothing, spandex, blah, 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 whatever. It just serves the business better to make up insults, to call them that are ridiculous. So you're not sitting here on a show that's full of kids calling somebody a, you know, a, a rock sucker or you know a maggot or like you know all these things that that ultimately you don't you also don't want to ever humiliate the fans because then they will never come they might not come back right you know um you know if you humiliate the biggest or most rotund person in the audience to where the surrounding the people around them are laughing at them they're probably not going to buy another ticket Unless you can orchestrate something 
to get to get their comeuppance where it you know you look like a fool and they get their hurrah and then they're like oh my god and you created a moment for them right and then very likely you just sold another ticket you know what i mean so it, it's it's tricky but I, I really like what the von erics did because it gave a glimpse into who they really were i feel and you know look the movie it certainly paints them as like a loving uh, family of brothers and they were but i think if you dig a little deeper and you see these interviews with jeff jarrett you see these interviews with jerry lawler you see these different interviews of people that you know jim Cornette that really were around these guys um right. a lot of people will think like they weren't they weren't all angels <laughs> you know what i mean they certainly no. weren't they were uh, there were a lot of people that didn't like them and thought that they were spoiled and thought that they were brats and thought that they you know it was there was a lot of nepotism and they were you know fucked up all the time or like you know uh on drugs or whatever right but like right that's something that i felt wasn't really looked at but it would have started to change the the point of the story i guess or the attention of it but, but you know these were no angels so like who's to say they didn't mouth off to some guys at a party, you know, over a girl or who's, you know, so like, I feel a lot of them just having that brotherly competitive uh, nature amongst all of them. It, it ingrained seeds of healism within them because they almost had to heal on each other as brothers do. Right. Right. right? Brothers do that all the time. Yeah. All the time, all the time. Right. And then they laugh it off or, or they both get grounded and do chores and then that's dead they in the file water. it away in their database and use it as fuel when they start doing a podcast. <laughs> they might. They might. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I think you're right. You're you're absolutely right. I think they again, for people that are only familiar with the Von Erics through the Iron Claw, there's an onion there that has so many layers to it with these so guys. Many. And and Paul and I were like, we have to talk about this heel run with David because while it's very limited and the accessibility of these matches is hard, uh, you know, if you go on YouTube and we we, we kind of there's a nice little compilation of some of his best moments as a heel. So we included those in the show notes to this. Um, those really spotlight the 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 more notable times he was there. It's not necessarily the matches because the quality of the matches are not to the height of some of David's better matches. Right. They're, they're fine. They're passable matches. They're, they, but it's really the banter, the showing what he can do as a cocky. He, you know, the, the cover art to this um, episode is, is David looking like Ric Flair, but he's got like a feather in his hair, in his yeah. ear, you know, he's got this yeah. feather earring. And I think Carrie does that too uh, at one point with his shirt <laughs> off and, Carrie's so green. He's so green, you know, but it's just yeah. showing what is later to become. So uh, what we love about Carrie Von Eric, the muscles and the whole look, you know, but David. <laughs> so th the whole kind of storyline with him and Dory Funk is like he was being used by Dory Funk. Right? Yeah. And so now Dory and Terry become the tag team in Florida, the heel tag team. And right. we know the rest of that story. And we'll talk about that story later on in ep other episodes. Um, right, but right. but right now it's it's all about David being a great heel and uh, comes back to world class in Texas the following year 
or the later that in 82, uh, with some weight under his belt as far as experience, which is ultimately, I think, why he was sent there in the first place. Yeah, no, I think Fritz knew what he was doing for sure. Um, Wanted him to go get seasoned up. Um, I'm not aware of a documented working relationship between the Funks and the Von Erics in terms of behind the scenes, but it would, I would feel ignorant to think that there wasn't one, you know, especially with Dallas and Amarillo, you know, being several hours apart. Um, It just seems like, Hey, you help us. We'll help you. Da da da. You know, you would think uh, you'd like to think so. Yeah, it's great. I, I love, you know, again, thank God for YouTube, but being able to find these things and these little, um, glimpses into these parts of their personalities i think is really uh it's it's extremely entertaining and it's it's enlightening to see that they weren't always so cookie cutter bay face we'll mow your lawn we'll walk the old lady across the street you know because like that right. can get a little tiring at times too you're just kind of like okay these nerds you know what i mean i want to see them get beat up well i think i even said that when we our first von eric uh match we covered earlier this year, earlier in the season of territory marks, when I, we did the six man tag against the fruit right. against the Freebirds, And I, you know, made a misstep calling David more of like a meathead kind of thing, which he's not in any way, but he has that quality more of like, carry. that would be yeah, definitely more carry now, but he had more, of, more of an attitude of like, you know, this guy comes in and he, he's got all the tools there and yeah. he's the, he's the star quarterback, you know, he's the guy who can, throw the Hail Mary, but he's also the guy who can throw the ball and then catch his own pass and run it in for a touchdown. He's that kind of attitude about him. And he does it in a way like, yeah, I know I can do that kind of thing. Only person I've ever seen do that was Kurt Hennig. Yeah, <laughs> I know that's that's why I threw that in there. Oh, man. And, and you know, here's the thing. Our show will obviously cover, our show covers the territories and we did talk about Kurt Henning at one point on the show. Oh, and we, and we'll we will continue talk to about talk Kurt about him more and more. Yeah. All these things. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about some of the fun vignettes these guys did outside of wrestling. The 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 other Von Erich brothers, Mike, Carrie, and Kevin. Yeah. Well, first of all, Kevin and Carrie do a t-shirt commercial for, you know, World Class was kind of on the forefront of putting out great merch. Yeah. And uh, they really were and great. They really were. And so th- there's a great fun commercial on um, YouTube where they're selling t-shirts with their cool images on them. Uh, it's Kevin and Carrie. And then there's a Mike shirt that says rookie of the year. And I'm like, Oh man, I mean, <laughs> it's really Fritz selling it. This, this idea of illusion. Yeah. But it's them bantering back and forth with each other. It's a really fun commercial. Hi, I'm Carrie Von Eric. And this is my brother, Kevin. You can get a hot-looking Von Erich t-shirt like this. Each shirt has Kerry, Mike, or myself printed on the front. Or you can get one of these shirts that says, Taken by Force from Kerry, Kevin, or Mike Von Erich. Call now and order my t-shirt. No, by mine. No, by mine. And what's on the Kerry and Kevin shirts? Taken by Force. So there, there are two <laughs> t-shirt styles you can get. You can get one with the wrestler's image on it, looking very cool, or the other t-shirt that says Taken by Force, and then the wrestler's name underneath it, Kerry, Kevin, or Mike. So you get to choose who you claim to have been taken by force from. 
I, for some reason, don't feel like that would go over very well in 2024. You know, I might find out. Taken by force. I think I'm, <laughs> like, I just, I think there, it's, it's, so much time has passed, it's, it's worth dusting off. I think it's time for a Taken by Force Paul t-shirt. I think there's legs there, and I think there's also strong legs on the Taken by Force Zach t-shirt. <laughs> You know, so I'm sure there'd be plenty of people that would say, sure, sign me up. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully go to territorymarks.com for more. Info. I have been getting questions about the territory marks t-shirts and how they can be obtained. I'm getting quite a lot of requests. So how can I get a territory marks t-shirt? And so, all right. So for everybody wondering, you can go to territorymarks.com. There's links in the show notes. The The merchandise page uh, on the website has links to our Public shirts. You can get our shirts courtesy of Public, but you have to go through our website to do that. So yeah, order those shirts and then with a Sharpie, right? Taken by Force on the back and we'll sign well, it. Well, we're going to look into this Taken by Force. We're going to look into marketing this ourselves and you know what? There, there's a guy, a buddy of mine, buddy of our show, um, uh, Video Force is the name of his company. If you go on Instagram, he does a lot of cool slip covers for VHS movies. He did one for Never Too Young to Die. Did he really? really oh, cool. wow. Yeah. A t-shirt? No, no, oh, no. A cool like slip cover for oh, a VHS Oh, like an alternate box. cover kind of thing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. He's the one who designed the Territory Marks logo. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. The gold logo, the time-tested logo. It looks like a championship. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So I love that shirt. In, in, the, in the vein of Pro Wrestling Illustrated, uh, obviously, that there's kind of a nod right. there. But uh, we'll we'll look into doing a Taken by Force team. I think that, well. or like if we have Taken by Force with our name on one leg, if it's for our Zubas line that we're trying to restart. Um, yeah. Zubaz, if you're listening to us, we want you as a sponsor on our we show. We want to take you by force, Zubaz. <laughs> All right. You know who uh you know who takes pizza by force is Mike Von Eric. Because, oh, he does indeed. Uh, pizza in. Yeah. There's a, <laughs> let's play that commercial. My brothers taught me about wrestling, but I taught them about eating. So he brought us to Pizza and it's all you can eat buffet. You get hot, fresh pizza. Thin crust or pan. Plus, there's plenty of spaghetti, garlic toast, and a salad bar. All for a super low price. That's why I'm paying today. Kev, let me pay. I'll pay for this one. You two pay for the pizza to go. Pizza, pizza to, to go. go? I thought you were full. Uh, these are for Dad. Yeah, sure. <laughs> For pizza out, it's Pizza Inn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pizza Inn is a local pizza place in Dallas. Is that right? I feel that I have heard of Pizza Inn. Pizza Inn could very well be a generic pizza that's in multiple towns, but it must have been a local Dallas favorite at the time. We didn't have Pizza Inn in Austin. We had Mr. Gaddy's, which is still there. So I can't say... But it just seems like – I feel like I've seen Pizza Inn out here. You know what I mean? Like it just seems like one of those – I don't know. It's like a round table. You know, it just seems like one of those kind of pizza parlor places that you'd go with the family and there might be some arcade games in the back and this and that. It's just a good – Pizza and yeah, pipes, shakies kind of vibe. Just a good sit down. Yep. Yeah, showbiz. Uh, maybe without maybe, oh, showbiz maybe, maybe without the animatronics uh, that no with the Five Nights at Freddy animatronics at, at Pizza please. Inn you'd have the Von Erichs no, at showbiz. versus the animatronics the Von Erichs versus the animatronics <laughs> we played the commercial where they're kind of uh, bickering over who's gonna 
settle up the bill at the end with, uh, you know, and then Mike saying, you'll pay for the other pizzas and those are for dad, you know, uh, yeah, um, sure they are. There's another, com- there's another commercial where they're like, if you, if you buy a certain pizza, you get a phone, a pizza in phone. And it's like a little pizza guy <laughs> phone. And I'm like, I want that. That phone. sounds awesome. If anyone's out there yeah, listening, dude. you have any of the merchandise that we've discussed so far, please contact us. So that we can yeah DM yeah, us message us we would love to highlight yeah we will make a pizza deal with you we'll have you on our show to talk about yeah it. and how you obtained it and how the pizza right. was if you can remember it <laughs> and if the shirt still fits you and like I said at the onset this is a bonus episode for Territory Mark so we just wanted to you know give David Von Erich some heel love some pizza in love uh. L.A. Wrestle Chick, I hope this fulfills your love of David Vine. Absolutely. <laughs> it's sad, too, because you think, you know, man, David would have really completed this commercial spot. And Chris, you know, it's it's he weird great, how they, man. you know, but the thing I really liked about this pizza in spot is that Mike is he, Mike has the hero spot in this and he's in the center and he's doing the most of the talking and he's kind of leading the commercial. So it's kind of neat. It, it's it's odd. It's it's like. He showed a lot of charisma in this Pizza Inn commercial. Mike did show a lot of charisma. But yeah, but then there's something where you put the camera and a microphone in somebody, and there's a bit of a disconnect sometimes. Um, sometimes like Cindy Brady, where the cam- the red light goes on and she freezes. <laughs> Where's my kitty carry all Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I highly recommend it. Um, I think it's interesting do we have a year on that pizza and commercial? Do we have a year on it? 85 or 86. I'm thinking 85. Um, actually, you're right. Cause Carrie lost his foot in 86. It is. It's 1985. It's 85. It's wow. So Chris was still with us. Like Chris was still there. It's unfortunate that he wasn't included. He's singing. My dad can be Joe. I gotta hear this song. You're kidding me. Right. Is yeah. he, was it, is it country? It's country, but it's, you know, got this like electronic drum kit in the background, like a, a Casio keyboard kind can of thing. Can we say Cause my dad tree? can beat your dad. My dad can whip your dad. My dad can whip your dad. My dad is a nice guy and hardly ever loses his cool. But I'm just a young lad, so if you think you're so bad, my dad can whip your dad. And all your family too. So it's really telling, actually. <laughs> but my dad is a nice guy and hardly ever loses his cool. So you know Fritz had to have written this. Oh, sure. You know he's they like, you got to put in there that, uh, that I'm a good guy and I don't I don't lose my cool. I lose my cool sometimes, but um, hardly ever. What would be really funny is if you just tell you just tell the truth about Harley Race and how he's just not a good man. He's gonna lose his cool. Uh, you know, but make sure everyone knows that uh, I, I'm a I'm a nice guy. We don't use we don't lose our cool here. We're fun Eric's. We don't lose our cool. Like, uh, Harley Race is the one. Parents do that, or people do that in general. You know, where they 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 sell themselves a certain way. Not everybody, but I'm, people do that. You know, they sell. I'm a good guy. I'm a good guy. But then. Yeah, but I've done some bad things, but we don't talk about that stuff. Did, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. I couldn't yeah, I couldn't see you doing that and being like, I'm a really good dad. Believe me. You need to believe what I'm saying. I'm a really See, good- and I never sell myself. <laughs> I never to. sell myself that way. I'm always like, 
I just do the best I you can. You don't have to sell yourself, man. It sells itself, man. It sells itself. Well, yeah. The package sells itself. Yeah, it's it's I feel so much sympathy for that family. And you know, at least we have these fun things to look back on and, and focus on, right? Yeah. You know, that that's that's at the end of the day, that's the that's the deal. And I also want to really quickly shout out again, because I did it in the last episode, A24. Um, you know, they're showing a lot of love to pro wrestling. Yeah. Whether it's silly or not, they they put out a really cool fan magazine that Sean Durkin wrote the intro to. Uh, some cool like bios and all the wrestlers in there, and it's it's like ten bucks. It's the cost of a regular magazine. Um, and you know that you supporting. Well, first of all, you can support us first, because the A twenty four is going to do money. just fine. <laughs> they don't need the money, but you know, uh, going out watching the movie, spreading the word, because who knows what kind of love this is going to get when the Oscars come around. It won't be for flair, I'll tell you that. That's that's nope, a Razzie. Nope, but for yeah, maybe we'll do a scene read. Um we'll do a Patreon exclusive scene read. We've got a lot of Patreon exclusive things we're gonna do. Uh, I think I mentioned the last episode we'll do that read through of the Von Eric's family album. Um, you know, we'll, we'll put that out there and uh a whole lot more. And at some point, if I can rip the audition from my phone or from some computer source at some point we will try and show my my audition for rick flair <laughs> oh yeah so, i would love that i would love so that. y'all can compare and be like nah that weird french canadian sounding guy was better <laughs> no i don't <laughs> think anyone's gonna say that at all that dude's from pennsylvania uh, and uh yeah the less said the better <laughs> You know, the I want to say really quickly as we start to wrap up, uh, you know, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash $2 late fee. We're doing a lot of fun stuff on there. We just launched 80s Kids Unite, mm. which is a new show that has all the hosts from $2 late fee and Territory Marks and Podcasting After Dark and TV Obscuro. If you listened to that episode last week, uh, you know you're familiar with the connection we all have. If you are interested in kind of pitching some ideas to us for 80s kids unite and want to be connected to our show go to our patreon and help support the show and show some love with patreon and you get to be uh kind of brought on as a somewhat of a producer right. for the 80s kids unite content yeah so that's coming down the pipe as that's well. pretty awesome and just to give you a preview of what you could run into on that 80 kids unite um, I was recently watching a behind the scenes documentary on Master Universe, and it was one of the. I love how you said it so quickly. His <laughs> best of the universe, and it was so. It was like one of the head of Mattel uh, products got like he's one that they eventually settled on the name He Man, and uh, or some people call him He Man. Yeah, well, they were going to call him Skeleton Man, but then no, it was Deem, it was yes. Demon Demon Man. And then it was it was Skeleton Man, then it was Demon Man, and then it was then it became Skeletor. Uh but before he was Merman, they wanted to call him Sea Man. And then they realized because they were making everything a man. There Beast Beast Man was originally Dog Man. Um so they had everything was something man, something man. Uh Tila was originally Woe Man um wow yeah <laughs> they were like 
That's a that's a Bill Cosby <laughs> joke. Did you know that? Is back it really? In the day? <laughs> yeah, Bill, Bill Cosby was like, when God came down and made man, he said man, and then he created a woman, and he went, whoa, man. <laughs> <That's stupid. laughs> oh, we will just leave the pudding in the fridge. Yeah, sorry. So, whoa, man, that's amazing. Yeah, someone came with Tila, but yeah, he was like, we just, then someone came in and said, merman. I thought, oh, of course. I couldn't use seaman because seaman, seaman, <laughs> come here. Wasn't there a there? There was uh there was the elephant one, right? The elephant character um on He Man. It was that he looked like he had oh a big yeah elephant trunk that's metallic. Water. He was like a metallic uh, elephant. Snoutspout was his name at one point. Bodhi was obsessed with He Man, so I knew every single oh, name wow. of every single character. Yeah, I feel like that was a, a missed opportunity. Uh, to Squirt Man. <laughs> I'm a big fan of Too Bad and Buzz Off. Too Bad's great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. people always say to me, they're like, what do you think about the cartoon representation of these cool characters like Fisto, you know, or Buzz Fisto's Off? Fisto's questionable for obvious reasons, but yeah. Well, he was a heel when he first came out. He was a bad He's guy. still a heel, depending on who you ask. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and his voice in the animated series just ruined his character, though, because he was like this. No. And you're like, why are you making this? And you buzz off with me. Like, well, oh, come on. It's Stratos. I've got my powers back. Stratos and Elephant Man. Yeah, Elephant Man. <laughs> that probably wouldn't work either. And Moss Man. Gigantor Man. So that's a taste of what you'll gather with 80s kids unite yeah we're gonna talk about what was a flip and what was a flop i guess you know what holds up still holds up what doesn't hold up uh 80s kids unite with the night boys oh the night coming at you we're keeping in the 80s night boys we might delve into the 90s but we stick with the 80s because we're night boys we play with our 80s night toys Thank you all for hanging out. Thank you for staying with us. Thank you for visiting the territories with us. And uh, yeah, stay tuned because we got plenty of neat stuff on the way. And we're going to just keep mining through the territories and bringing you the best that we can find and the stuff that really resonates with us and stuff that we feel that you really owe it to yourselves to watch as a pro wrestling fan. So you ain't seen nothing yet. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> we're going to live that way forever. We're gonna be the night boys forever. You've all seen how Orko's magical tricks don't always go the way he planned. Sometimes they backfire on him. The same thing is true of practical jokes. Sometimes they don't go the way you planned, and you or someone else can get hurt. So be sure and think twice before playing a joke or a trick on anybody. Might not go the way you planned, and someone could wind up losing a finger or an arm or maybe even an eye. And no joke is worth that, is it? See you again soon. Thanks again for listening to Territory Marks. If you like what you hear, then consider giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. While you're at it, head on over to our Patreon, too. The link is in our show notes. 
And if you want more 80s nostalgia, go check out my tag partner, Zach, and our Terry Bam Bam of Ballyhoo, Dustin, over at $2LateFee.com, where the faces always win, even in the territories. Oh, listen, I just wanted to say goodbye and remind you that the good guys always win, even in the 80s. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.